but my perspective is is my family don't deserve me you know if it's if it's been a really stressful day they deserve better than me coming home and being all wore out or coming in and being just wore out you know and you know it's not it's not every day is perfect like that but that's that's how i feel like and i started it way back and you know when before we even had kids the wife would sometimes be like you know do you ever get stressed out <laughs> One, two. Welcome back, everybody, to the Go Vertical podcast, episode number 12. Uh, we are joined this evening. Well, I guess it may not be evening when you're listening, but we're recording in the evening. Uh, we are joined this evening by a gentleman whose name has come up uh, several times on the podcast, and so we're excited that we finally got him on board. Um, we're going to be talking to Jonathan Kaufman uh, and going to be diving into thinking big and uh, just getting after it and going after your dreams. Um, and we'll see what else comes up in our conversation. Uh, <clears throat> with that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to go vertical? Let's go. All right. Let's go. Um, Warren, uh, how about a tip of the week? Ooh, tip of the week. Tip of the week is... Back off create your a... just, just a bit. Back off? Yeah. There All you right. Go. This week's tip of the week is build a relationship with your insurance agent, your banker, and your accountant. You don't have to become close friends, but build a relationship. Make sure they're on your side. That's the tip of the week. Love it. And also have an insurance agent, a banker, and an accountant. <laughs> That's okay, step yeah. one and then build a relationship, right? <laughs> Choose the correct one. Choose the correct one. Yeah. yeah. And if you get weird feelings when you're with any of those three or you feel like they're not fighting for you or working their tail off for you or whatever, um, trust me, if you turn your back, they'll they'll stab you. The wrong one will. So just make sure we switched insurance agents three times before we found somebody who we thought really, really cared about us. So, wow. yeah, definitely uh, would advise you to do that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Um, perfect. Well, like I said, we're excited to be joined by uh, Mr. Jonathan Kaufman. Jonathan, thanks for taking some time to join us. Um, Jonathan is uh, of JNA Northwest uh, Construction and Commercial Roofing, um, and you also have a property. What's it? What's the property management company? Island City Rentals. Okay. And anything, uh, anything else that you got your hands in, or uh, not currently? No. Okay. Um, Jonathan is a. I would mention Jonathan is a director with the Conklin Company, and he's also a preferred contractor with the Conklin Company. Just so our a lot of our listeners uh, are familiar with the Conklin Company, and so just want to yep. make sure everybody knows that. Yep. Very successful with the the Conklin Company um, team building as well as the roofing. Yeah. So Jonathan is doing some cool things up in uh, northern Wisconsin. Um, got quite the business booming up there. Does a lot of uh, buildings and a lot of roofs. And uh, <clears throat> you wouldn't think it because there's not a whole lot of people up there, but he stays awful busy. Um, so There is a lot of people on the weekend, especially in the summertime. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That is true. That Everybody is goes up All there. the mud ducks. Oops, hopefully nobody no mud ducks. <laughs> <Yeah. listening. laughs> 
Uh, I, we like the Mud Ducks, I haven't heard that one before. That's a that's a new one. The Mud Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jonathan, can you uh, what what's your elevator pitch? Can you describe what you do in a sentence or two? Well, you know, I like to say uh, we're in the people business. You know, um, we built buildings, uh, we do roofs, but at the end of the day. I'm in the people business. I'm in the people business uh, to get them to write people into my companies to run my company. So I like, that's what I like to think. Um, I'm changing my whole mindset on that. I used to say, Hey, we, you know, we built buildings or whatever we do commercial roofing, but really I'm in the people business is what I do in uh, multiple different ways. Cause uh, Warren mentioned building relationships, um, you know, with your banker, your uh, accountant, your insurance person. And I mean, that's, that's huge. You know, uh, you gotta be, you gotta be in first dial basis in all three of those, mm -hmm. uh, it's just the way it works. So, but yeah, sorry, that was kind of a long pitch, but huh. anyways, I just, in the people business, that's how I'm, my mindset is that's, that's what we're going after. Wow. So everything else follows. That's a cool perspective. Um, what do you spend most of your time doing day to day? Well, we're transitioning this year quite a bit. Um, I'm less and less with the day and day activities. I still help, uh, slowly switching over with uh, job, uh, like with scheduling and all that good stuff, making quick decisions. I'll be honest. Some of the guys that are in, uh, control in a lot of our different uh, departments, they have a hard time making quick decisions on, uh, you know, what should we do tomorrow if something comes up because we're mm -hmm. very much weather related. Mm -hmm. I will shoot from the hip all day long and I'll tell you, Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this tomorrow. So I communicate with them a lot when they, uh, when they get in that predicament, they know they just call me and we immediately make a decision and there's no hee hawing around whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one big thing that I help with, um, on a weekly basis. And then also there's some complicated jobs. We get into construction that I, I personally help oversee and help them. Some days I got to go out for a couple hours and help them, but mostly I'm just, uh, you know, in the back end of things, uh, we try to, you know, make sure everybody's flowing, everybody, yeah. make sure everybody has everything they need from project managers to operation manager, whatever, all the way down the line. Um, but very closely with the foremans. I work very close with the foremans and my managers still. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what is, this is a fun question. I've started to like asking this. What is one thing that keeps you awake at night? So, I mean, I'll be honest. I uh, didn't Mountain get, Dew. Listen to your, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, don't. Uh, I started listening to your podcast and here a couple of weeks ago, finally, and I just haven't got to it. I'm I get very busy and get distracted, but I try to listen to every, something every day, every morning. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to your podcast. So I'm when you when you ask that question to the other guys, I'm like, man, what keeps me awake at night? I think maybe uh, you know when I'm really when we're at the verge of a big deal or something in real estate or in business. Um, man, I wait, lay awake all night, pondering, you know, doing the numbers in my head. Uh, you know, how can I or how can I close this deal? That's probably the only thing that keeps me awake at night. I don't worry too much. Um, I try, I try to, when I come in the house, I leave all my business worries behind concerns, whatever it is. And I try to have a good time. Um, there's occasions, you know, where, you know, you run into things where you just, you got to talk about it, uh, bring it up with the family. But for the most part, that that's about the only thing that would keep me up at night is usually it's excitement or, you know, maybe it's like we're taking a big risk or something and might think about it all night or something. That's, that's about the biggest thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, yeah, I definitely rather be kept up by uh 
being excited than by being worried. That's for sure. <clears throat> yeah, uh, exactly. Well, I suppose you know what's coming next then, uh, which is what do you do when you're not working? Oh man, that's a that's a big question for my end. Um, I know the depends what time of the like year. Play. Yeah, it depends what time of the year it is. Summertime. Um, I, as you can see on my golf attire, I come back from golfing here for, for a party we had. Uh, one of my brothers. But anyways, so I like golfing uh, year round, actually all over the world, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I like uh, truck bowling's a big part of my summer, and then we go camping as a family. Uh, winter time we do lots of traveling, and we do I do snowmobiling, so kind of my main hobbies that I do. So yeah, awesome. Well, that was a great uh, little intro into into who you are and and uh, kind of what you do. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. One thing as, and Warren, I know you have uh, some questions as we kind of get into the meat of it here. Um, but one thing you just said, Jonathan, that piqued my interest. And I just want to ask real quick is you talked about how you kind of leave work. Like when you walk in the house, you leave work outside. And how do you, because as a business owner, it's really hard to turn that off, like to turn business off. So how do you, and it's really cool that you are able to do that. So do you have any like tips on how do you, how do you turn that part of your brain off or how do you leave the business outside? Well, I'll be honest when I was smaller as a smaller company, I was, it was a lot easier. Um, you know, there's days I come in and the wife is like, man, you seem stressed out today or something. And then I spill the beans of what's going on or what we're working through. But, you know, for the most part, I just, you know, I live in the property where my business is at, which I don't want to keep like that at the rest of my life, but current state we're in that solid is set up. But my perspective is, is my family don't deserve me. You know, if it's, if it's been a really stressful day, they deserve better than me coming home and being all wore out or coming in and being just wore out, you know, and you know, it's not, it's not every day is perfect like that, but that's, that's how I feel like. And I started it way back. And, you know, when, before we even had kids, the wife would sometimes be like, you know, do you ever get stressed out? <laughs> and I'll be like, well, you know, I might be very stressed out right now. And I just won't, I just won't show it or I won't, mm-hmm. you know, talk about it. Cause I want to come in and make, so we have a fun evening or we go do something fun, whatever. Um, you know, I don't want my kids to grow up and say, daddy was always stressed out or always wore out or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the bigger you get, the more you grow, the more employees you deal with, the more customers you deal with, it gets tough. Um, but you just, you know, I'm trying to learn to delegate some of the problems over to certain managers so they can take care of it before it gets to me. Um, you know, obviously there's a big issue that obviously comes to me, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of little things that can cause a guy to worry and wonder what's going to go next. If you would just train your managers to take care of their own problems, um, and not let them get, become big problems. A lot of people would have a lot less stress in their business life. So that's the biggest thing. It's just, you know, uh, don't let it get to you. You know, business is business. Remember why we all started our business. Um, you know, so many people forget. They start their business and they slave. They work like a slave. Now, not a lot of them might only work three quarters of the year and then they take off three, four months out of the year. But me, that's still not a life to me. I mm. want to have fun all summer long. I want to go do stuff with the family all summer long, not just when it's cold in the wintertime. So, at the same time, I want to build a good work environment for your employees. Um, so you got to also remember, you know, it's not all about 
you know, then you also see the other side where the business owners always out doing fun stuff and never down getting dirty. Mm -hmm. So there's a happy medium there, you know, um, treat your employees like you want your family to be treated. That's how I do it. Um, if they want time off for their family, let them have time off for their family. If it all works with you, um, and treat your family the same, you know, don't let work, work control you. And that's a tough one, but that's, you know, I work in that daily every day to try and not let that happen. So. Hmm. Wow. That's really good. Warren, I'll kick it over to you. Cause yeah, I know you had some questions for him, but thank you for sharing. That was really good. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Hey, my audio is coming through really choppy. Is that for anybody else or is it on my end? Claire. Uh, I think it's on your end. Okay. I, it just chops a little bit, but that's as long as you guys can hear me and I can hear you, then that's no problem. Yeah. I can just, when it, it's just choppy, but I, it doesn't lag. So whatever. it could be, it could be your ears too. <laughs> I actually had a physic. I actually had a physical done this morning. Okay. The guy looked at my ear. No joke. It was done this morning. All right. Never All right. mind. I think we're good. Green light. <laughs> As of this morning. Oh, man. Uh, shoot. <clears throat> checked out good. He said you're a healthy young man. I said, whoo, I wasn't sure. That's yeah. <laughs> good. I don't know. I thought my blood pressure day. might be high. I was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> he said, not today. Uh, well, this is fun. Uh, Jonathan, this is great that you took the time. We're, we're all very busy, but Jonathan has his hands in a lot of things. I guess, Nick, it's okay if I ask him a, a few questions. Yeah, uh, Jonathan and I go, we go way back, way, way back. I don't know. We were probably both 10, 11 years old um, when we first met. And I want, I want you to go way back with our listeners, Jonathan. Guys, have a bunch of questions. I wrote down a bunch of stuff you already mentioned, but you think a little different than most people. And I'd say what I mean by that is when you have an idea, you kind of, yeah, you might lay awake in bed at night and, and think it through a little bit, but you usually don't have the entire plan in front of you before you just start. And like, if, if you have a new business venture, you just dive into it. And yeah, you, I'm sure you've made mistakes and you've had things that failed, but you're not, you don't overthink. You're kind of like we've talked before in other episodes, you aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire. And I would, I would want to, I'd be curious. Can you remember as a kid being like that? Or is that something you grew into um, of just kind of like being confident in your abilities? Like you seem very confident in your abilities. You've always thought, or I've always seen you that way. When did you become confident that you could, see something and go build it or go do it or go start it or whatever that is. Do you remember like as a teenager, as a kid being like that? Well, I would go back with when I was, I mean, as far back as I can remember, as far back as, you know, even four years old, first of all, that shaped us into where, where I'm at today or what I am, who I am today is I've always had to get up in the mornings to go do chores. I actually, I did. I had six months of my life that I remember <laughs> We moved, freshly moved somewhere. We didn't have any cattle. We didn't really have any chores. Like, actually had to go out and feed the animals. So I always grew up, always had to, like, I always had my timers, my alarm set in the mornings. I had to get up no matter what. And a lot of, a lot of my life, that time was 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. As a young boy, you wow. had to go do all your chores before you go to school. Mm. So for me, it was a very normal thing to get up and work hard. And then about when I entered just around that 12 years old, right before teenage years, um, right in that ballpark, I might be off a little bit in my years, but right in that range, right as I was getting ready to enter teenage years, my dad started construction, but he took two older brothers with him. I was too young. 
So me and my mom took care of the farm. Mm. Uh, we milked mm. 60 cows, um, her and I. Now this was with milkers back after we had left. Um, and then we had a couple hundred head of young cattle and I fed 90% of them. Certain mm -hmm. things my dad and brothers would help after they get got home or something. But for the most part, that year, I really, that's really back when I really started taking a liking to, you know, just being in charge and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we got out of the farm and not a couple of years after that. And then, you know, we were at home many, many times after that because we were homeschooled um, and the dad and the brothers were working. I was considered too young. I wasn't 14. Um, anyway, so by the time I was 14, they were working in a, uh, job, job set up with their construction for a guy that I couldn't work until I was 16. So I was always behind on that. So anyways, so I, I started working a farm job actually when I was 13 and a half or something like that. Wow. And ever since that, ever since I basically 13 years old, I have had a full-time job mm -hmm. off the farm, off the, off the home. Mm -hmm. So when I was 13, 14 and 15, I worked at a farm, two farm jobs, neighbors to each other. I work at one till from like four in the morning till noon milking cows. Then I worked from noon to like six to eight at the other farm, just doing regular chores. So I always had a very much a work drive, work ethic to mm -hmm. just go, go, go. And then when I was 16, I made the decision to go start construction. So it's better pay because farming at that time was about less than half of what the construction was. So I felt it was the right decision. Getting up in age, you got to start thinking about more, you know, what you're going to do in the long run. And so I just kind of, I think I grew into it, honestly, into where I just can make decisions and I can just go. I don't have to sit there and take calculated risks. Well, I shouldn't say that. I take calculated risks. But I, I many times take risks that also aren't calculated. You know? <laughs> um, but I'm trying to grow into more, you know, calculated risks are way better than uncalculated. But sometimes you just got to do it. If you get the right opportunity, you know, I've done very well in the past and certain things where I, you know, we had no idea we were going to do it two days later we had a complete new business going mm -hmm. and it, it panned out pretty well yeah so that's what a lot of people miss out on because they sit there and they do all the numbers by the time the numbers are done the deal is off the table yeah there's no more deal so that's one big thing that has got us to where we're at and it continues to do we continue to do that you know um it's it just i think i grew into that whole thing is really what ends up being from the environment i was around and, and, you know, we talk about work ethic and I think you have a work ethic, like you said, but I think your mental work ethic is a little different. Like you talk about some guys that are working for you and I have, I have the same guys that I've worked with, you know, they're not able to make the big decision quickly. And oftentimes a decision made in haste is a bad decision, but if you're, you can build that muscle and you can get to where you can make better decisions under pressure and and I see that that's something you've gotten really good at. Um, let's talk a little bit about a couple things in your past, uh, in your business ventures that that kind of went bad. And I want to share this because a couple big things. I mean, there's there's many things in every entrepreneur's journey that they failed. They went belly up. And the first one I want you to talk about is is on your dairy farm you had when there was straight voltage, which was something that was out of your control. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't something you could control. And I'm sure that a lot of people would have quit and never ran an their own business again because this happened to you at a very young age. They would have threw their hands up in the air. Nick probably doesn't know this story, but I'd love for you to share that story quickly um, and how you got over that and how you kept going. 
Yeah. So actually, I didn't bring that in there. I actually don't talk about that a lot because it was a short venture. So when I was 17, turned 17, my dad bought a dairy or bought a bunch of cows and we rented a farm, went back into dairy farming because that was me and my youngest brother's dream. We wanted to be a farmer. Hmm. So anyways, he was farming about 500 acres um, of rented ground. Some of his couple hundred was his own. And uh, I took care of the cows. And meanwhile, I worked uh, construction during the day. I worked milk early mornings, go to work all day, come back at night, milk the cows, call her at night. So there again, we just, we were work, 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 because that's what we wanted to do. And uh, we had always had a lot of friends that said, don't you guys ever do anything but work? Well, guess what? Those friends are no longer close friends. They're still, we still know them. We're still friends, whatever, but they are nowhere near where we're at, but they are the ones that, you know, 40 hour weeks were the very max. Well, 40 hour weeks when you're a young man, I'm sorry, that's just getting started. You know, <laughs> yep. It's time to talk to the next 40 if you want to get somewhere. Um, now, that's to talk about getting started, you know. But anyway, so that's what that, that was our mindset. So I literally worked, you know, 35, 40 hours a week at construction and I worked, took care of 60 dairy cows and lots of young stuff. So my goal was always the day I turn 18, I go get a get the loan for the cows. And, uh, that's what I did. The day I turned 18, I had $1,000 in my bank account. I had a $2,000 car. And uh, I went and get, bought all the cows from my dad, officially. All the cows, all the young stuff, a couple of tractors, a little bit of equipment, just enough to take care of my dairy farm. And anyways, we thought things were going pretty good. I was living the dream. All I did, then I quit construction for a little bit, for a couple of months. And I, then I got back into construction again. Because I was like, man, I don't have enough to do during the day. <laughs> I was taking a nap. And I'm like, okay, this ain't necessary. Taking a nap at 18 years old, you know. Um, anyway, so think pretty soon that summer, this is in March when I bought the cows. And that summer, all of a sudden, the cows, we have a lot of nice, beautiful cows. We have... I was all about my milk average and butter fat, all this stuff. That's I just I just baby these cows. Every every week we were cleaning cows. I mean, cows were spotless. And uh, but all of a sudden, they, these beautiful cows just all of a sudden they just can't get up. Like they're just they're just done. Hmm. Got to drag them outside. I mean, they can't get up. And we're trying to figure out what is going on. So we had, anyways we get enough testing. We're figuring out that we have stray voltage <laughs> problem at this farm. So we had a. Uh, tester come in from uh somewhere down south it was a tester for the he tested for all the walmarts at that time and so he knew he's good he put a straight voltage reader in the barn and it was so high his reader would not read it Whoa. so it was tapping to cause you get electrocuted um wow. they were on mats but it was still coming through so because one morning i'm out there milking him my cow that was milking 120 pounds a day a beautiful cow big beautiful cow um second calf i mean she's just unbelievable and as she got up, her legs started shaking. And I watched my best cow on my farm, a three, $4,000 cow at that time, just drop to her body. I'm mean, just done. She wasn't dead, but she was, her bones were gone because of the shock and shock wave in her body. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like I started losing a couple cows a month and on a small dairy farm, that's, that's a lot of money. So then I started having to buy these cows back, to keep my milk production up. And it was about six months into this, I had to make a decision. We were, we tried to find another farm at that time. We couldn't find another farm. Um, that was 10 years ago. I was right in our time when our area, the farmers were slowly getting out of it, but so many of the old farmers wanted nobody in their farm because they owned, they were the only ones that were ever going to touch cows in their barn, you know? Mm. So it was really difficult. I'd be honest. That's the one time in my life that I probably cried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it, it broke my heart, but I had to get rid of them because they were dying left and right. We had no choice, but to get out. The farmer that owned the farm didn't want to fix it. 
Um, it was going to cost 50,000 to fix it. And at that time, like that's unheard of for me. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So anyways, we took a big loss and we got out of it. And I, I went to construction full time and I always told my dad, I said, I, I got to figure out how to do something different. I said, I, I hate construction. Hmm. <laughs> uh, two months later, the end of that year, I was getting close to being married. I had a fiance at that time. And I said, something has to happen. I said, I got to know what I'm going to do in my life. And I made a decision that winter. I said, I'm just going to try my best to like construction. I'm going to enjoy construction because I knew how to do it, but I just didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> guess what? Two years later, all of a sudden I realized that I'm loving my life. I'm loving mm -hmm. construction and working like mm -hmm. a complete animal. And that's, that's when J and A was born after, is about two years. So it's been, uh, 2014 mm -hmm. well been a year after married so but it's 20 years old jna was born and jna is what uh, you built your entire construction correct. everything around that's your yep. your cash cow yep, yep exactly that is so, so cool so you went through that tough time and you started doing something just for the money or just for a job that you didn't like and i i talked to a lot of young guys today and i know you do too we both work with a lot of young guys and it's fun it's a great challenge it's a mission but they just don't like working or they don't like specific work. And, and it's really neat. I'm hoping if there's some young guys listening that they take this challenge on them to be, to be determined to like what they do. And maybe, maybe they have to make a small change, but if, if right now construction is your only option or whatever you're doing is your only option, you gotta learn to love it. You have to learn somehow to enjoy it. And like John said, it took him two years, but one day he realized like he's working harder than ever and he's loving it. He's making money. He's going all in. Um, so that is really, really cool. So that seems like a long time ago, but it really isn't. It's eight years ago um, that JNA was born. Yeah, eight, nine years ago. Uh, same year I started my roofing business, maybe a year before. I think you might have yep. seen it a year before. Um, so you started growing and you never really like, you're you're never satisfied. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like you always want to grow bigger. And I think that's, very, very key, but talk a little bit about vision. I mean, you and I kind of had a vision change on the Conklin side a number of years ago, but talk a little bit about, and you might not even realize this about yourself, but your vision is like endless. Like there's no end to how big you can build something or how big of a barn you can build or how big of a roof you can sell. You're not satisfied with small. And I think that's really good. And, and maybe not all of our listeners will be like that, but some of them probably are like that. So when you have a big vision, what do you decide to do? Like you've started businesses that you've sold. You've started businesses that failed. How do you decide? Or do you just lay awake at, in bed, you know, at night trying to, you know, we talk about not overthinking, but how do you decide what's going to fit into your vision, like going forward and what have you done in the past? So I'll just kind of, I guess, tell a little story of JNA from the last eight years. This is our ninth year in official JNA business. Um, so we started, and we didn't really have a goal in mind. We kind of just started because my business started nights and weekends. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so busy. I'm going to do this full time. So that's what I did. Because um, I always wanted something on the side side for cash flow because I worked by the hour. And it was half of what the guys are making now. I thought I was making good money, you know, um, 30000 a year. I thought, man, that's, this is pretty good. I remember when the wife and I made four together the one year. And I'm like, man, we're living the dream, you know. And now, heck, that's that's not even starting wage barely. Um, but it's obviously different times of life anyway. So we started and a couple of years in, 
you know, things are starting to really pick up. We're building a lot of buildings at that time, doing a little bit of roofing. And in 2017, we got an opportunity of a lifetime to go and got a huge contract, landed a multi-million dollar contract with uh, building big buildings for a big corporate company. So it forced us to grow. However, it forced us to grow the way we didn't, we didn't realize how we're growing and it was mm -hmm. completely chaotic. So over two years, we had a, you know, we had a, what I would say, a no vision, no, it was just like fighting, like just trying to keep all the fires out, um, trying to keep the, you know, the turnover rate in employees were just ridiculous. Mm. Uh, they were 1099 employees, which makes a difference. But anyways, just in and out, in and out, we were running 15 plus guys, you know, just going, it was, it was a mess. Now, looking back, I learned a ton through that. You know, I don't know where I would be today if I wouldn't have went through that. 2019 was a make or break year for us. Um, we had a good year revenue wise, but the rest other than that was just a disaster. So we went, we made a decision early 2019 that we're not going to continue doing this. I don't care if it means I'm done. I was like, I come into being a, a business owner to come in and have a better life, not to be busier and not to be stressed out. Cause it was pretty bad with everything that was going wrong, trying to, you know, didn't have good crews. We didn't have systems. There was zero systems in place. If I hired you, I said, Hey, there's the job, there's the crew, go for it. You know, uh, we had one foreman and 15 guys and three crews that, that doesn't work. Um, so anyway, it was just a chaotic mess. I did everything. I figured the jobs, I sold the jobs, I managed the jobs, you know, just, just a disaster. Meanwhile, in early 19, I, uh, I got an opportunity to hire a really, really good guy from a corporate world and he's still with us today. He's absolutely unbelievable good with it for us. And he, him and I start talking. And meanwhile, you know, just with life and business, the places it took me, I started learning and I started realizing that I need to have a mind shift. I need a major mind shift. And there's a lot of guys and I will give a big shout out to the Raver boys, especially we learned so much at their events they put on uh, multiple different events we attended that they hosted and just started thinking more leadership type. I was never really going to any much for leadership stuff, but I really had a mind shift in my entire life, really. But especially JNA, the whole JNA side of things uh, just really started changing. And we made a decision to transition our business into a professional business, into a longevity. We're looking now long-term. We're not worried about what tomorrow brings. We're looking at five years down the road and whatever, 10 years down the road. So, and then, so I had some goals. Um, we reset our goals. We, you know, 2020, we come back and we really cut our revenue and like did all the fine tuning of JNA. 2020 was like almost like starting over, but yet we had all our customers. So it was a, just a really different year. We downsized employees majorly down less than half and just really started building correctly and started hiring the right people. Um, started talking to the right people. We were getting a little better training and advice and how to do things. And then, you know, in things really started growing. 2021, we it, things just went unbelievably, unbelievable again. Had a really good year. Um, brought a lot of good key people in place. We got put people in management positions. And 2022, we were able to hire another really good guy that I've worked with and uh, uh, was actually a client in the past um, for many years. And I had an opportunity to hire him, mm -hmm. and I did. It was a big risk for us early this year. And just since that, um, you know, now our mindset is completely different. We're, you know, we're not talking staying where we're at no more. We're talking about the opportunity 
really what drove me to start business from way back when was I love providing jobs for people. I love that. I understand not everybody wants to work for somebody, but there's lots of good hardworking guys out there and ladies out there that want to work for a good company that takes care of them, treats them like they are more than just a number in the book. And that's, that's really what drives me of why I want to continue building JNA and not be satisfied where we're at. We could very easily just be satisfied, live a good life, but we don't want to do that because the bigger we grow, the better we set our company up, the better systems we put in place, our jobs are just going to become greater and greater and better and better jobs. We can offer more benefits. We can just, we can take care of our employees like we want to and not hurt JNA whatsoever. Um, that's the whole idea behind it. So now we have a complete new mindset. Um, even just this year, it's just been a complete mindset set shift just once again. But it was a whole bunch of stepping stones and learning curves. But uh, I would say I learned the most from 17 to 19 of what not to do. Hmm. Um, we learned a lot. So if anybody wants to know what not yeah. to do, I got plenty of those stories. And I mean, it almost took us under. We barely, we barely stayed afloat. But you know, with enough customers, enough business flowing, we were able to. Um, we were able to stay afloat with it, but it was, it was definitely a very stressful time, but now looking back, it's like, man, you know, we, we learned so much and learning is expensive. You know, yep. some people, they don't like to, they don't believe or don't like to pay somebody to learn from them. They think they can, you know, handle themselves, which is just fine. But to where we want to go, you know, we have business coaches. Um, we believe that's, that's what we need. And that's where they're they're helping us guide us in the right direction. I seen something the other day, which really brought it to my attention is a business coach is not to tell you something you didn't know. Cause a lot of things, a business owner, yeah, some things you don't know, but some of the things that the coaches help us with, we already knew it, but we didn't know how to implement it. We didn't know how to bring it to part of JNA or part of our business. So it's like when you bring a little outside light in, biggest thing is make sure if you do that, that you have somebody that actually walked the walk. Don't, with people that just talk the talk and don't have nothing to show for. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest concern that I would have if somebody looks into that. But we feel like where we're at right now, it's the right thing to do. And it's been helping us tremendously. Um, but yeah, that's just, you know, we're, we're still learning a lot, but we've definitely come a long ways and we got forever to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is just don't quit and, and mm -hmm. be willing to change. Like Jonathan mentioned so many changes and Jonathan is extremely determined and he's stubborn, but he's also willing to look at something and say, well, that didn't work. I'm not doing that again. Like we failed, like, or we, maybe we didn't fail, but that was miserable. Like we didn't make any, any money. And, and I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, maybe we're extra motivated people and we're blindly, you know, optimistic and we're not willing to say, okay, that did not work. How are we going to do it different? What are we going to change so we can grow? And so, you know, the interesting, you know, cool thing is, Jonathan, you're 28 years old, right? Correct. Yep. He went through all this already. He's 28 years old. Most people don't mm -hmm. even start their company until they're <laughs> in their 30s. And mm -hmm. so if you're young and you're listening, just get started and don't quit because you can screw up for the next 10 years and maybe you're in your younger 30s or your late 20s. Who cares? You have all, I mean, listen to all the knowledge Jonathan has shared with us and all the experiences he personally has that nobody will ever be able to take that away from him. Nobody can ever take anything away from me as far as my past experiences. And so we're here sitting, you know, we're in our late twenties, early thirties, and we have already have made all these mistakes. Not that we're the experts, 
but we've already made all these mistakes. And so, you know, we're ready to go and we're still young. So it's really, really cool. Um, I just got a couple more questions here and then I'm going to turn it back over to Nick. So you talked about, you talked a little bit about, um, a business coach, but I want to talk about a little bit about your relationship with your employees. And I know that you're way more, uh, intentional. You're way more intentional about that than maybe you were at one time. I think you used to be buddies with your employees, but now you're intentional about it. What does that mentorship look like? So obviously people have poured into you, you've learned from different people. Um, but, but you're also now doing that for, for your workers. Um, what are some fun things you do with your workers? What are some things you do to build the relationship? If somebody's listening and maybe they're struggling a little bit with a couple of their employees, or they're trying to figure out like how to build a culture that their employees want to stay there. Um, what are some, I know you've been very intentional about that, Jonathan. So I'd love for you to share a little bit of that. What's worked for you so far? Go ahead. Sorry, got out there a little bit. Okay. Um, yes, actually, that's a huge, huge part of our business is built relationships with our employees. I got over the whole thing in the past. I thought I had to be buddies with my employees, but, you know, I built relationships with them that are intentional. Um, if they want to be my friends outside of work, that's perfectly fine, but they're not forced to, but when they're in work, in our work environment, um, I want them to be, you know, I want to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them so that they have more here than just a paycheck. That's the big thing behind JNA. We had, we've had a uh, zero turnover rate in the last year and a half. Hmm. Um, and we've added multiple, but out of 13. So that's, I mean, when you tell people that it's pretty tremendous, but it's not just myself, but I do spend, I do try to be very intentional with my guys. Um, I try to, when I go to the job site, I try not to just go there and boom, boom, boom down the line. Like I used to, uh, what needs to be done or something. You know, try to, you know, chat with them just a little bit and ask them how their weekend was um, or how their family's doing. And another thing we're doing this summer is I'm taking them one-on-one. -on -one. I'm choosing, I'm taking them down the line, basically, uh, taking a guy and I'll go for a couple hours to go do something. Or I'll take one of them, go for lunch one-on-one. -on -one, and we'll just talk. We had one one specific employee we were working with a little bit. We had, uh, you know, we have uh, steps we go through. We're having an employee issue or anything like that. We were working with this one one guy and he would just, you know, we were working through a few things and uh, my manager and my foreman talked to them and they were working with him. So I, I took him to lunch one day and I didn't, I, we didn't even sit down and start, we didn't start eating yet. And he immediately brought this up and he went, he went down, we had the greatest conversation. He went down the line, you know, he was asking questions of, you know, what I think about it and how can he do better and what can he do? And that's the kind of stuff you want. Now, two months later, this employee, you would, I mean, he's rising up like unbelievable. Hmm. But I believe it has all to do the way we approached him, the way we talked to him about it. Not because, hey, do this or get fired. Yep. We didn't talk to him like that. We said, hey, you know, if you want to grow and you want to come up in JNA, you don't want to be bottom of the totem pole all the time. These are the things you can do so that we're not always watching you. Now you're going to draw our attention and you're going to deserve a raise. We train our employees that you never ask me for a raise. I not had one employee ask me for a raise since the start of 2020. Wow. Now I've handed out a bunch of raises, but I've never had one ask me for a raise. I train them that if they want to raise, I, we, we 
we talk about this in our meetings and uh, interviews and reviews and yearly reviews and whatever. And we say, if you want to raise, show us that you want to raise, hmm. you know, and we're, we're watching, trust me, we're watching. If, if you're not drawing our attention, that means you're making us happy to the point, but you're not making us like, Whoa, that guy's, that guy's doing something. Um, so we, we watch very closely. And once I see them consistently doing more than it's asked of their position or more that's asked of them to do, then I go talk to them and say, Hey, you know, the way you're going, you could go, you know, you could maybe get moved up to foreman or you could get moved up to crew leader, whatever it is. We throw that out there. So now that gets them thinking. And since we started doing that just in the last year, it's amazing what some of the guys will do because they'll be, you know, all of a sudden, like, you're just like, what is going on with this guy? Like he's already a foreman or whatever he's because you put that bug in their ear and they know you're seriously thinking like, Hey, if you keep going this route, like you're talking pay increase, you're talking maybe a company truck, whatever. There's a bunch of benefits to it besides just, you know, having more responsibility. Now we're very careful how we do that. Um, don't want to overpromise anything, but you know, we, we will reread our people and that's, you know, it's very important. It's just very important to have a good work environment. We have a lot of fun. Now let's go back to the, you know, what we do to also have fun. Um, we try to every every quarter try to have a fun just a get together at the shop. We'll bring in pizza or some kind of food or throw something in the grill. We'll play bean bags. Sometimes we'll even throw like do a tournament, throw money on it for him. We'll just do a ton of fun stuff. Um, you know, sometimes we'll take off early day and go do something fun. Uh, winter time we do more than the summertime. That's for sure because we're you know uh, knocking with nice weather in the summertime. But so we just do a bunch of different things like that. Also that as a group. Um, we have a bunch of different parties as a group, like, we just, you know, and I try to do a lot of this stuff during the day because the guys, they already work long hours, work hard. So the last thing their wife wants for them is to be gone for three hours after work at night and going out for dinner or something, or something fun. And they're like, well, what about us? You know, come, come home to us. So we're very intentional about making sure we do all this stuff on company hours. Mm -hmm. So by five o'clock, if you want to go home, you're free to go home. Sometimes we're like, Hey, we're going to go here at three o'clock. So if you want to go by five, you can clock out and go, or you can hang out for the rest of the evening. We'll go do something fun, you know, cause we have single guys and married guys. So it's open either way. Yep. But we're very intentional with that. And I think that's important because a lot of people will do company dinners or something. That's always at night because they don't want to take out of their work schedule or they don't want to pay them. So I usually, when we do fun stuff, I leave the guys in the clock. So it's even another bonus. That's how we do it. Um, cause the salary guys are in the clock, you know, cause we have salary guys. Um, so I, on the fun stuff, we try to till five o'clock, they stay clocked in, then they clock out at five and go home or not, you know? So just different things we do, but we're very intentional about making sure it's not, or unless they all want to, or if it's a Saturday where it's a family event or something, that's a different story. But if it's just employees, we try to do it within company hours. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Sounds great. I know you've been uh, very intentional about that. And, and I've, I remember talking to you years ago and that was a big struggle was people quitting and people going on their own and people upset and whatever and complaining. And that's, you know, now, now that you're intentional about it, you know, it's a whole lot better. So that's really cool. Well, I think just like uh, Jonathan's brother, Chris, I think we could very easily have Jonathan back in a, a couple of weeks or in a month or two and have him back for a, another run. Um, we're coming up here on, on a 45 minutes. And so I'm going to turn it back to Nick, but yeah, this was, this has been an absolute blast. Um, this is what podcasts are for. It's for you to yeah. tune in 
for half an hour, 45 minutes and learn from other people. It's free advice. And if you don't like it, just turn your volume down and go click on another podcast. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to ever listen to another podcast of Go Vertical in your life. Um, but if you see value here, you know, you have access to Jonathan Kaufman now and, and you can message him on Facebook and say that one thing you said on the podcast really stuck out. Can you tell me a little bit more about that relationship you have with your employer, how you dealt with an employee that wasn't holding up his his end? So, yeah, this has all been really, really good, really practical advice. Um, but it's also cool to hear from your past, Jonathan, and that it wasn't always easy and there was things that happened that you had to make changes. And there's another story about a turkey barn that didn't go well. Yeah. We'll talk about that on the next episode. But um, we all have those stories. And I, and I think so many times the young guys I talk to when they call Jonathan or I, because we have a lot of young guys call us, they think that Jonathan and I's business just started up and, and it was just easy. And never, it was never tough. Well, of course it looks like that now. Um, but we still have yeah. our tough days even now, but we had way more oh, tough yeah. days at the start. So this was cool to hear your journey, but yeah, Nick has a uh, Nick has the fire round. He's going to throw at you. Um, which is <laughs> yeah. Nick, I'll turn it back to you here. Hey, Nick, just just remember, I only got eighth grade education, so careful on the questions. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll tone it down a little bit for you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, that was good. I I think I've got about two or three other topics now in mind that I want to have Jonathan back on to talk about. So, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. All right, so let's uh, yeah jump into the uh, lightning round here, Jonathan. Uh, so six questions as fast as you answer, I'll ask them. Uh, what is the number one thing any contractor needs to know? Sorry, you cut there for just a second. My bad. What's the number one thing any contractor needs to know? Uh, built relationships. It's all about relationships. Mm. Um, if you don't have relationships, you're going to forever struggle to have a good business. Awesome. What is the best thing you've done to find new customers? <laughs> Goes back to the other, the, the first question, in my opinion, um, it's just, you know, built relationships. Cause right now our construction side of things, we are strictly 100%, uh, you know, uh, referrals and that comes by building relationships and doing excellent oh. work. Awesome. So, yep. Don't, don't cut your quality for quantity. Yeah. How do you stop competing on price? Uh, we stopped competing on price once we started uh, making sure our quality is above everyone in the area. Um, you know, we still make mistakes and whatever, not always perfect, but we focus on, we have quality checks in all our pole sheds with uh, not a guy that's on the job every day. It's a guy that the project manager or somebody from the office, the operation manager or something, they go out and they check every building that we build mm -hmm. after the guys are done or during their last day or something. Always have to, the and set of eyes come in from the outside, somebody that can see details and somebody that's not been in the job every single day during that process. Because if you're there every single day, you don't see the same things as the guy coming in. Hmm. So we pretend we're our own customer before the customer sees it. That's what we try to do. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, what is your favorite tool or system you use for managing your business? A couple of them, but the main one is for our uh, con construction side of things. We have this program called, uh, is it called Post Frame Manager? I never use it. It's my guys that use it. But that thing there has, I used to figure all our sheds by hand, mm -hmm. like literally on a pen and paper, all the way from the post to the roof metal, every piece of trim, every nail, every screw. Wow. 
Now we have a system that hooks up right with our supplier, has all the updated pricing in there. He's it in within two hours. We have a full detailed contract estimate spit out, everything ready to go, pictures and all. Wow. That is that has changed our life and our pole sheds. So yes. That's awesome. Um, okay, so you talked about uh getting um how your construction is all on referrals. So how do you get referrals from existing clients? You know, there's a bunch of different ways to do it, but like for us, we don't honestly even ask for them. Um, we, people just voluntarily say, Hey, this, this, you know, use J and A, Hey, J and A, J and A. Um, and there's many times even on Facebook that I, you know, our customers are commenting on pages and stuff like, Hey, contact J and A for this. They did this for us. We're very happy. Um, and they'll just talk just among themselves, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's, you know, some days you're like, Oh, you know, we haven't had a call for the last day or two. And then all of a sudden you'll just get a half a dozen calls. The thing about referrals is the closing rate is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most times referrals, if they're not going to do it or if they're not going to have you do it, they're probably not going to do the job. Not all, but most of them. Yeah. Um, so that's what one thing we see the referrals are closing or quoting process went from 250 a year on pole sheds to like 75 and we're still building the same amount of sheds, mm-hmm. you know, so our closing rate tripled. That's crazy. Um, so that's it, but it's all because of referrals. Yeah. Wow. Um, what is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Customer service. Mm-hmm. Customer service is everything. Um, if you're a business owner, do not try to do it all yourself. You got to hire somebody that is going to, his number one priority is taking care of the customers. And that has changed our business to, to no end. I mean, I don't think even start to begin to think how much that has actually changed for us to continue to grow with construction. Wow. Awesome. Okay. That was number six. I have a, I have a bonus, uh, lightning round question for you. How many, uh, screws and or nails would you estimate, uh, your guys have installed so far this year? Uh, Do you even have I'm a ball pull a calculator up just one to figure out how many screws are in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 2,500 actually. So, I would say minimum of a, probably 800,000 nails and screws combined right now, wow. minimum. So, there's days still, there's weeks still go through 10,000, and then there's weeks still go through a couple thousand, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, I'd say we're probably, we'll, we'll definitely do, probably screws and nails combined, we'll do well over a million by the end of the year. So, yeah, but I've never actually sat down and figured that yeah. out. <laughs> That's awesome. I was thinking about that going into this. I was like, I wonder how many. I know they yeah. use a lot. I wonder how many. But awesome. No, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we're going to start uh, winding down here. Hey, how can people, um, if something you said interested people about business or um, anything and and someone wants to get in touch or someone's up in the area and is interested in a, a pole shed or a roof, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you can find me on Facebook or you can get hold of me, uh, my phone number, my email, whatever. Um, but if you reach out to me on Facebook, it's probably the best way, but also you can call uh, 715-418-3810. Um, that's my cell phone number. So um, if you want to get a hold of me for that, call, text, whatever, I'm okay with that. So, yep. Perfect. Great. Um, and if I can get one last bit of wisdom out of you, what do you, what would you say is the number one piece of advice 
that you'd give any entrepreneur who's trying to build their own business? Uh, remember, it's, it might be long winded one. I actually didn't think about this one. It just popped right here. Remember that when you start your business, that you're doing it to free yourself so you don't so you have more time with your family and to make more money, obviously. But just remember the first couple of years, you got to work a little harder than the rest. You got to get out there and do it. But then don't continue to do that the rest of your life. Put mm. in place to help run your business for you or with you so you don't have to do it all. You don't have to take all the money. It's better to take a small percentage of a large thing than a big percentage of a small thing. Because the large thing that you're taking a small percentage from, you don't have near as much time involved as you do in the small thing. So the small thing you're taking a big percentage from, you're working way too hard for that. So that's the biggest thing I would say is, you know, if you want to build a legit business, that is, you know, some people rather just stay with the one or two man and just, you know, do their entrepreneurial life. And and that's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. But if you want to build a big, solid business, then I would advise to, uh, you know, look, look beyond yourself, look beyond two years, you know, uh, just keep grinding at it and you can make it happen. Hmm. Awesome. Love that. That is great. Um, well, this has been a great episode. Um, awesome. I think when, uh, when you wrap up and you wish you could keep going and, and you want more, <laughs> that's a sign of a good episode. Cause <laughs> I think we could spend another three hours talking to Jonathan. So, yeah. Um, good. Thank you for your time, Jonathan. We appreciate you taking uh, the time to, to sit down with us for here for a little bit. This was uh, this was great. Um, listeners, uh, I hope you uh, follow or subscribe um, wherever you listen. Uh, leave us a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts to help uh, just expand our reach and get us out there. Um, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, I, I, uh, link our comment or our, our, uh, contact info in the show notes. So, um, we would love to hear thoughts or comments or questions or anything. Uh, feel free to reach out. If you have a brilliant question that we can ask our guests, send it to Nick or to myself or yeah. one we can add to the fire, the fire round. Yeah. Any suggestions or any good questions? Yeah. Um, with that being said, until next week, let's go vertical. Let's go. Do it. Straight up. Straight up.